1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 21st, 2020. I am Dave Biddle, and I am thrilled to be joined by Brian Schottenstein. Brian, first of all, thank you very much for joining me, and thank you for keeping us all informed with inside information during the, the Big Ten's craziness of the last several weeks. It's great to talk to you, my man.
2: Thanks for having me on, Dave. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, Cardale Jones recently said that you, Brian Schottenstein, had a valuable role, quote-unquote a valuable role, in getting the Big Ten football back this fall. How much can you tell us about the role that you played in all of this?
2: Well, my role was really uh, not with Ohio State as much as it was with um, the White House. I was at a roundtable in Cleveland um, in mid August, and we discussed the importance of big Ten football and it really shouldn 't have been a political issue. It was really a way to unite all Americans and give uh, people in the Midwest something to look forward to um, follow their big Ten teams. And the president knew how important it was. He's been working on it with his team that I've been involved with, uh, since the beginning. And he called the commissioner, Kevin Warren on August 31st, and they got along really well. And, uh, he told them that, you know, he would do anything to make it happen. And they talked about testing and, and other things and, um, you know, they probably had over 300 calls with his team and, and the Big Ten and the different coaches. And I think the players helped a lot, too, and the players' parents, because if they didn't show that movement and have 300,000 signatures and go to the Chicago and really, you know, go outside the stadium and show their support for their sons and their families and it's really their, their kids' livelihood to be out there playing, um, I think that helped a lot, to kind of get everything started.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you how much you thought the, the call from President Trump helped. Uh, expound on that a little more, how much do you think that helped. And there had to be a faction, Brian, of university presidents that were like, you know, didn't like the fact that uh, Trump was getting involved. Um, how much do you think uh, President Trump helped? And do you think there were some university presidents that were upset that he was getting involved?
2: Well, actually um, Joe Biden was the one that put out a commercial about not having big 10 games. And so that's really what created the conversation. And then, you know, the president just got involved and wanted to make it happen. I never really thought it should be so political. I mean, you had other teams out there playing um, and they, they found a way to make it safe. So there's no reason why the big 10 shouldn't be back up and running not to rehash everything again, but uh I just think Ohio State played a huge role, too. Um, if you didn't have Dr. Borges, uh, our new president, um, Gene Smith, Coach Day, I mean, th- without them for this wouldn't have happened either. So I got to give a lot of credit to them as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, a lot of factors at play. How much do you think the lawsuit from Nebraska helped?
2: Uh, to be honest, I didn't really follow that much. I think – you know, everything helped. I know the uh, AG of Ohio put out a statement saying that, you know, the players could sue as well um, or the university could sue the Big Ten. But uh, I think that might have put a little pressure on them. But when it came down to it, I think by the, at that point, they were already planning on trying to have a season. Originally, they were thinking October 17th, but then it got pushed to the 24th um, for the start. And uh, hopefully everybody will be able to stay healthy because it looks like They The way they have the season, if one player gets coronavirus, they're out for 21 days, which uh, could be detrimental if it's a star player. I don't know how they Uh, came
1: up with that. Like whether we're talking about the general public or whether we're talking about other sports leagues that are playing, it seems like the default is 10 to 14 days. What do you make of this 21-day thing? Do you think it's like a booby trap?
2: I agree. I I think that's um, a long time for someone to sit out. I think 14 days would have been good. I know they're trying to be extra cautious. Also, I think if five players get uh, coronavirus, they have to cancel a game. So you could have uh, up to five players get it and they, they go into that level um, and it could be five players that don't even don't even start or play much. And then then you, you lose a game or can get it canceled. So that could be tough, too. Yeah, no
1: question about it. Uh, There's a few questions from our listeners that I want to pass along to you, have you answer. There's some good questions here. This one, uh, you know, I'm curious to get your take on this one for sure. How do you think Kevin Warren handled this situation, Brian?
2: Well, um, honestly, I think that there could have been more transparency. Um, I mean, they had the right to to make the decision not to play in the beginning, but uh, they could have been more transparent throughout the process. They should have had players involved. Um, maybe even the families. And honestly, the coaches and, and some of the administrators weren't really that involved in the beginning until they canceled it. So it was kind of like they just put a schedule out and then five or six days later they canceled the season. And then um, I will have to say now, though, I do give them credit for coming back and, and having a season starting on the 24th because good leaders are able to change their decisions for the better. And it's, not, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. In uh, the fact that they did that, I think um, definitely put a better taste in in people's mouths. So,
1: what were some of the biggest hangups that caused a delay in the revote? Because we kept hearing it's going to happen. In fact, I was the one that, uh, that reported it would happen like you know a week or a week and a half before it happened. So we kept waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting. Do you know what some of the hangups were there?
2: So. Um, I would, I would do the same thing. So like Sunday, I heard it, it's a go, like it's going to, we're going to have a season. I thought I was going to be reported on Monday and, and then Tuesday, the Nebraska president did that hot mic league. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that had something to do with it where they didn't want like that to be the day. And so then they, they, uh, reported it Wednesday morning. So I, I was told to be Monday or Tuesday and then went to Wednesday. So I'm not exactly sure why. Um, that was the case and then that obviously they announced the schedule which i thought was smart uh on big noon fox saturday because it helped uh with that show
1: yeah the the urban meyer show there yeah that was cool how they rolled that out now i know yeah. that you i know that as you said your role was you know mostly you know uh you know with president trump and that angle of it but i'm curious if you know about this this is another question from a, a listener there had to be some back and forth here with the negotiations with the different presidents the ones who wanted football the ones that didn't so What did the universities who wanted to play have to give up at the bargaining table to get the other presidents on board?
2: I think it was, uh, the safety factor, the 21 days, all the testing that they're going to be doing every day for every person involved with each program. I think that's really what it came down to. Originally some of the schools were saying, well, if we don't want to play, can we just have like eight or nine teams play and then, uh, We don't have to have a season, but you couldn't have it where some teams played and some teams didn't. So it was either all or nothing, and that's kind of the way they went. And
1: you mentioned something earlier. Yeah, this this became political. And I don't know how college football is political. Like everybody loves college football and no one has anything to gain by uh, by going against college football. It's just it's but it's the most it's the most 2020 thing ever. But, you know, how how political was this? And then how how much was it just incompetence on the part of the Big Ten? I think it's probably a combination of both. But where do you come down on that?
2: I think the, the Big Ten thought that other conferences were going to cancel too and they would just get out ahead of it. And then when the other teams were out playing and all the other major conferences other than one were out there and, and, and they might the pact might come, come out here soon. But I, thought, I think that once they started playing, they realized, you know what, maybe we made a bad decision and we can't have our conference not be out there. I mean, this could have set back the Big Ten for years where they would not have had the same recruiting. They wouldn't be able to um, – you know, be looked at by the same by the playoff committee, just, it would have really hurt the Big 10 financially as well. So I think a lot of those factors um, played into it. I I don't think politics, maybe a little bit for some of the presidents, but I don't, I don't see why. I mean, I was really sticking my neck out. I'm not too political of a person. uh, But uh, I thought this was one issue where I could help out and and make a lot of people happy and, uh, and not have to worry about uh, people being upset politically.
1: Well, thank goodness you did, um, you know, everything that you did to help. I mean, it's just – and everybody who helped, it's just – it's awesome. We're going to have Big Ten football. Just a few more questions we'll get you out of here. This one comes from our – this next one comes from our buddy, J-Book. Uh, Brian, when did you think the tide started to turn that we would have a season?
2: Um, I thought the, the season was going to start um, in mid-October, like 17th, 24th, uh, probably about uh, like – 10 days to week before they made the announcement. I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to happen, but I just didn't know if it was good. They were going to push it to November or like you know, uh, January season, which that would have been terrible. Cause then when we Ohio state would not have been eligible for the playoffs and the national championship. So about 10 days before I knew it was going to happen. And I would like tweet stuff out there and, you know, just try to keep supporting the and pushing it and not making it, too political. And then sometimes like, you know, a day later it would change, you know, when they were supposed to announce it Monday and then it goes to Wednesday and everyone says, Oh, you know, you don't know what's going on, but you know, it was such a fluid situation that the thing that that changed every day almost. (laughs)
1: Tell me a little bit about your background and and kind of what you're involved with now, if anything, at Ohio State. Obviously, the family name is on the basketball arena, um, the the Schottenstein Center, and then the Value City Arena. But, you know, some of the listeners wanted to know about kind of your background and what you're doing now, if you're involved with anything at Ohio State.
2: Well, um, other than just being a supporter, booster, you know, huge fan of the football and basketball program, um, I'm not, I'm not like involved. Uh, you know, much with, with Ohio state. Um, but I would like to be definitely more in the future. Um, you know, I've had family members on the board and, um, I've had, um, you know, just been a fan since I was a baby. And, you know, my, my father went to school there and, um, we used to go to games with my grandfather and, uh, just love the program and Ohio state has so many great things about it, even more than just football. So I love being a Buckeye. Um, and so happy for them to have a season.
1: We love that You are Buckeyes. And I imagine, Brian, it never gets old driving by the Schottenstein Center and seeing the, the family name on there. That just would never get old, would it?
2: Yeah. It's a um, great campus. They have a lot of good facilities. Um, we were, were involved with a new Cavelli's facility that just went up, which is really nice. And um, they're Irving Schottenstein Drive. And uh, it's um, – great university and a lot of good people are involved with it and they really play for the whole state which I love you know Ohio State's not just like a college town they play for the city they play for the state and there's fans all over the world so it's great to be a part of something special and um, so happy that people are gonna be able to now watch their Buckeyes hopefully maybe in the middle of the season they'll be allowed to have some fans there but we'll see
1: Uh, that'd be great and last thing, I just want to give you the floor. If there's anything you want to add about what happened with the Big Ten and your role, or just anything else you want to say to close the show, the floor is yours, sir.
2: Nothing really else, other than again, I want to give more credit to uh, the players and their families, and then Gene Smith, Coach Day, uh, President Johnson, and Dr. Borges, because they deserve most of the credit. I was, you know, trying to be involved, um, like I said. And advocating and, and kind of working through some people I know at the White House, but uh, I don't deserve any credit. They all they, they deserve all the credit and um, I really appreciate being on the show.
1: We're gonna give you some credit. He is Brian Schottenstein. Brian, thank you so much for your time this morning, man. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks is right. Have a great day, Buck Nutters.